Welcome back to the Sessions. My name is Ebony Harris. And I'm Elisa Volkeen, and we are two brown chicks changing the face of therapy on both, both sides of, of the couch. couch. Welcome <laughs> back. We Welcome keep trying this, uh, this distance podcast <laughs> every week. <laughs> every week we try something new. Like, let's see if this works. So we found a new system, and it's working. Yeah. I love it. I'm so excited. Awesome. So oh. today we are um, going to be chatting about dope stuff therapists say, um, which is pretty much most of the social media, right? Most of Instagram <laughs> is like these amazing quotes that Elisa comes up with <laughs> uh, that most people can resonate with and or either as a therapist, like, yep, definitely tell my clients that or as a client that's like needing to hear that or it's just a layperson that's like, Oh, if I was in therapy, that would be cool if my therapist actually said that to me because that sounds like that would be helpful. Right, 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 right. Yeah, it's um, it's usually fun to see what the reactions are from people and kind of like where it just sort of evolved from was, you know, my own therapy, you know, like something, you know, I may have heard in therapy or um, just sometimes stuff that yeah. just comes up, you know. Um, so it's it's a fun way to get um, messages out there. And like I said, it seems to resonate a lot with people. So, you know, we figured we would just go over maybe like some of the top three popular ones of these mm-hmm. different things that seem to resonate with people and talk a little bit more about it from the therapist's point of view and from the client point of view. But Right. And I think it's interesting because even when um, – because I know I've sent you some stuff and been like, hey, make this into a quote. Cause, <laughs> because even sometimes you're in therapy and your, your therapist is telling you things and you hear it a certain way and that's not really maybe what their intention was or whatever. And so I think that sometimes even the quotes that are on the social media connect to um, like, oh, maybe that's what my therapist is trying to say because that's not necessarily what I heard in the moment because I'm still in my stuff and, you know, and might not have presented itself in that way. And so I think it is cool that, you know, if you read some of those um, kind of when you kind of recognize or identify like, oh, this is something that maybe someone has tried to tell me in the past, but it just didn't hit me as hard or as, as um, wasn't as impactful as it is when we do the post. So Right. And just to also give you some insight of to, this is some of what you could be gaining, like, one-on-one. If you go to therapy, mm-hmm. if you have a therapist, you know, um, that's really our mission is to connect people um, with therapists, with black and brown therapists, with black and Latinx therapists who we can relate to, you know, bringing, bringing the two together. So I, I think it's just a, a great way for people to also have some insight as to what happens in therapy. Mm-hmm. So right. let's go, I, I agree. go ahead. Go ahead. You was about to say something, and I, I was going to say yes. I definitely agree, and I think it it just like a reintroduction. I know we've been doing this for a while, but um, we always have new listeners and new people that come on. Melanin and Mental Health, which is the um, company that we have um, between sessions podcast, is just a part of Melanin and Mental Health. But that's what it's all about. It's all about like our tagline says, like we're trying to get more people in therapy of color and then connecting people with therapists of color. And so we understand that there are a lot of reasons why 
um, people hesitate to seek therapy. There are a lot of reasons why people, you know, may just be taking their time and not sure if this is the right fit for them. And so we're trying to make therapy a lot more attainable, a lot more accessible, and for people to understand that therapy is dope and it can be a part of your routine, just like everything else that you do to take care of yourself, just like going to doctor's appointments, just like exercising. It's important that you recognize that therapy and or mental health is a huge part of who you are and you thriving in life as opposed to just living. So. Right. I saw a great quote this morning on, you know, as it, we talk a lot about self-care and it said, you know, self-care, it's, it's not just the bubble baths and, you know, the spa, and I'm kind of butchering the quote, but essentially <laughs> like self-care is when you do the things so that you can have a life you don't want to run away from. And sometimes mm-hmm. that includes the things that you don't want to do. Right. <laughs> right. right. Like, when yeah. you do those things, yeah. it makes yeah. life easier. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so you said you wanted to look at the top three? Yeah, let's do the top three. And I'm just going by, you know, what Instagram says. The people, who, yeah, what the people say. <laughs> so this is based on the number of people that like these quotes and share yeah. these quotes and all those things. Yeah, the first one is it, one of the more recent ones we did this month, and that was stuff my therapist says, if trauma can be passed down throughout generations, then so can healing. That's mm-hmm. what right? Because mm-hmm. we've been, you know, we hear a lot about how, you know, trauma is is they're doing more and more research where it's not just stored in your body, right? It's right. DNA. Right. Yeah. And so when we think about our lineage and what our our people have gone through what our ancestors have gone through you know and you don't even have to go that far back right then if the trauma that they went through right was is in our dna right so we're not only working through our own shit mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. we're also experiencing this collective um pain and so if that's true right if that's true so then what that means that our healing, right? Like the work that you're doing when you go to therapy, when you opt to heal some of this current and past day trauma um, or trauma from your lineage, that means that healing that you're doing, you're going to be able to pass that on to your ancestors. You right. Know what I mean? mm-hmm. Our future generations. Right. Like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it. I think it. It probably resonated with people so much is because we hear some, I mean, like you said, that's just become like a new thing, this whole like trauma being passed down generation by generation. And we hear a lot about like the bad that's happened and how it impacts us and all these different things from, you know, slavery, systematic systematic racism, um, immigration, all these things that are impacting the people that have brought us this far, right, our past generations. We talk a lot about that and how that impacts who we are today, but I think what that post was was a little bit more hope into, like, you can now impact people after you, you know, and I think it's interesting, even even though the post was about healing future generations and that being passed down, how many people talked about how their own healing then impacted older generations, right. and how when they started to get the help, and when generations, the people that parents, grandparents started to see what they were working on, and how it was impacting their life, that they became a little bit more interested in their own healing. So, right. yes, it can help impact future generations, but it also helps other people, older generations, to see, like, 
oh, okay, so this isn't this taboo thing that's not for us. This isn't something where we have to share the family secrets and it can become a whole big thing. It's something that really can impact you positively and then impact the people around you positively as well. That's so true because you begin to model it, right? Yeah. And that's, that's part of why, you know, for um, for our for our elders, that it, it sometimes it's difficult is because it wasn't seen as a possibility for them. And if if, if probably wasn't a possibility right when you're going through these situations you are in survival mode Mm -hmm. you're not worrying about you know what emotion am i feeling today when you're just trying to get through your day-to-day like you're just trying to ensure safety um shelter you know all of those things just the basics the fundamentals Mm -hmm. so it, it wasn't a possibility for them you know, there was no time or there wasn't the, the ability to now I'm going to take this time to go and heal, maybe. Yeah, yeah. It's so difficult for them to see it. And they can only they can only take us so far, you know, as far as their vision is limited mm-hmm. to. Right? Mm-hmm. They don't want it for us, but it's like sometimes they don't, they don't know how to go about it. Yeah, and, and that happens a lot when you're even talking about your healing or anything, just anything in general. If someone hasn't um, either went, I don't want to say went through it, but it hasn't, like you said, kind of taken their healing that far, and or if they can't necessarily envision it, then they may not give you the information that you need for your journey. And right. so that's and so sometimes you look at it like people are being so negative, they don't want to support right. or whatever, and it's more like, no, it's not about that. It's just that their vision is what they've seen and what they've experienced. And so for you to now say like, oh, no, but I can go 10 steps further, they can't even imagine that. But guess right. what? When you go ahead and do it and then go 10 steps further, then it encourages them to be like, oh, well, maybe I can too. So I think we have to stop taking it so personally when people aren't necessarily rooting for us on our own journeys and recognize that they just may not see it. And then when they do see it, it'll help them kind of move forward. Yeah, that's part of the healing process, I think, too, um, Mm -hmm. because we do have to take into consideration how all of these different parts of us intersect, like Mm -hmm. socioeconomic status, gender, you know, culture, how all of these different parts of us, I don't want to say that healing is a luxury, per se, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. it was seen as a luxury, Right. You know what I mean? It's like when I'm just I'm just trying to survive, you know, what are you talking about this healing stuff? And right. so I think it's what you said, we we can't take it personal, although it is difficult. It's hard not to take yeah. it personal. You yeah. know, and I I know even from my own experience, that was part of my healing in in that you begin to reparent yourself or you mm-hmm. begin to for yourself in these ways and part of it 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 wasn't that you know the people around you don't want the best for you sometimes they just don't see it as a possibility they don't know you know so yeah yeah i want to um i want to go to facebook real quick because we have a couple of we have a few comments someone's tuning in from lake charles louisiana hey Hey. Uh, and Zania says that right away when this one was um, posted, she reposted it immediately. <laughs> uh, and then Kendra was saying that, you know, she says, my mom is 92. When I went to therapy, she was against it. She didn't believe in it. She told me to just pray. I went anyway, and it was just what I needed. Yeah. And, yeah. And again, yeah. sometimes those limitations and 
I like to think, though, also a lot of the times they want the best for us. And then once we kind of have to do that for ourselves, it's like you said, mm-hmm. you have to show them, like, this is what that looks like. Right. And I think what you said about reparenting yourself is extremely important because the the initial part, right, of trauma being passed down it's, it can kind of feel like, oh, it's their fault, right? Or, you know, our parents did this to us, or we have these experiences, and not to, you know, invalidate any experiences that you had with your parents or whatever lessons they taught you. But, again, they did the best that they could. And so yeah. then if if they hand you the baton, do you just stand there or do you keep running, right? So they gave you what they could, and then it's up to you to continue your healing and your growth. And yeah. and so I just think that it's, it's huge to kind of, it's it's huge and it's scary to be like, okay, maybe this is what I got from my parents and maybe all of it wasn't good. Maybe I know I talk a lot about like my thoughts on relationships, sex, money, all of those things and how my parents' beliefs impacted me on that. So maybe yeah. it wasn't always for my in my best interest. It's just this is what they knew. And so then at some point I have to then decide, okay, that's what they knew. It's not their fault. I mean, it's not like I need to blame them because of whatever situations I find myself in. At that point when I'm like, okay, this is what they taught me. This is where it came from. Okay, now how do I change my thought process to best benefit myself? How do I work on my mindset and shift that? So then they can now, I don't know, I keep going back to that because I do feel like as much as our parents were an example to us, we can also be an example to them. And so we need to take that responsibility. Yeah. Absolutely. As a mother, I know that I I learned so much from my own kids, and they're still young, you know. Mm-hmm. So absolutely, it, it's a relationship, you know. And mm-hmm. I think to to your point is that that's also why this is so difficult. Yeah. A lot of times is because you are undoing this long lasting programming, right? Like. Yeah. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> it was a silence means. <laughs> uh, you're doing you're doing this 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 healing of years and years and years you know generations of thinking a certain way mm-hmm. and so that's why it's also often so difficult but that's right. and you know what that last part said like that's what you're doing right like you're you're breaking that pattern you're breaking that cycle and so now situations that are going to come after you there's other possibilities right like now there it, like you can't say i don't know what that looks like you know because i do know what that looks like this is how it was modeled in in right right you know, whatever yeah okay so let's see what the next one the next most popular one um okay so dope stuff my therapist says not being triggered is not the same as being healed avoiding triggers pacifies our pain addressing the triggers heals our pain oh that's a good one (laughs) (laughs) pat myself on the back that's funny that is funny that's true it's it's I think sometimes we get into the place where it's kind of like, oh, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, but that's because you're just avoiding everything that causes you any issues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Real quick, because this trial practice is going to end in 10 minutes. <laughs> okay, got it. Got it. Did not see that. Okay, so, yeah, I think a lot of the times we might hear people say, or we have said, like, 
I don't even think about it. Like I'm not even, I'm not worried about it. Mm-hmm. But we have to ask ourselves, is that because you're avoiding it? Is that because right. you're avoiding a relationship, avoiding a situation, avoiding the emotions? Mm-hmm. Or is it because you've actually worked through it? And yeah. so did you experience the emotions? Did you have the tough conversations? Did you grieve? Um, you know, did you go through it or are you avoiding it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's, yeah, definitely, because we, we spend a lot of time, uh, well, not everybody, but some of us, me, um, spend a lot of time compartmentalizing, right? So, like, if I have this going on, I'm going to put this in this little box over here, and, you know, I, I'm not going to necessarily deal with that, I'm not because I have to keep moving over here, whatever the case may be, so, um, so definitely, and then when we do get triggered, we're so confused as to why it became this big thing because it's like, oh, I thought I was good. I thought I was over it. But like you said, like that, the, there's a big difference between I'm addressing it head on, I'm going to deal with these emotions and these things that come up, and then I'm going to be able to heal myself and move forward with that. And, and it's a process. And, and like you say all the time, it's not, it's not pretty. Like it's messy. And so going through that process and, and Really dealing with the head on means that I'm going to have days where this sucks and it's going to be a long time of me continuing to get triggered, continue to get triggered until I kind of figure out, okay, this is the trigger. This is how I kind of, you know, understand my triggers. This is how I heal from my triggers. This is how I no longer let those triggers impact me in the same way. Not that they're they're not there anymore. It's just that as you build that awareness and as you build those skills to kind of address them, then you can see it coming, right? You can be like, oh. That's why I felt that way. That's why my heart started beating. That's why I got so upset. That's because of the trigger and not necessarily because of the situation. Um, so definitely you just putting it to the side or avoiding it is not the same as healing it. Right. Just because you don't feel like, oh, I haven't been triggered in a month, but I also haven't been down that street when my friend died or whatever the case may be for a month. That makes a difference, you know? So, right. Right. yeah. And, and it's a fine line between caring for yourself, doing that self-care, and doing the healing. And sometimes you need a break from the healing. You know, yeah. but I think it's, you can't put it, you can put it on hold forever, but it, it doesn't, it doesn't go away. It just, it's yeah. really, you know, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Last one. Let's see. What if your anger is the only way your grief feels safe enough to express itself? I love that. Mainly because I like talking about anger a lot. Because I feel like so many conversations, not because I'm an angry person or anything. No, but I feel like so many conversations about anger is like you shouldn't have it. Right. Like it, it definitely feels like uh, anger is bad, and so you should not express it. You shouldn't have it. You need to get past it. Mm-hmm. Um, but to, to validate anger as a legitimate emotion, just like every other emotion, anytime people do that, like I just think that's amazing. Right. And and we had um, we had Brittany on last week. Um, Brittany Oliver talking about grief. Mm-hmm. And so I think part of, of the point also with, with this quote is that sometimes we don't realize we're grieving something. And sometimes anger is our go-to or it's where we feel the safest mm-hmm. because there's this false sense of power. Like right. if I'm, you know, if I'm angry, I'm loud, I'm, you know, then, then I feel empowered. It's when we're most disempowered, right? Mm-hmm. When, when we're not expressing anger in a in a healthy way, I should say. Right, right, right. Um, but I think that's 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 one thing that we have to also be aware of is that sometimes 
the grief, be it for any type of loss, be it the loss of a loved one, um, be it the loss of a job or whatever, any type of loss, it can often feel safe to go to the anger and, mm-hmm. and stay in the anger. And so asking ourselves what's underneath that, right? Because right. some of the other parts of grieving, the anxiety, the sadness, the despair, the fear, that doesn't feel as safe to go to and experience. Mm-hmm. So asking ourselves. No, go right. ahead. I was just going to say, especially because when you are expressing that outward anger, it it puts other people at bay, so they're not coming too close, and they may not be able to see. Um, you, you're putting it out there because, like, anger is a way to kind of protect me as well, right? So if it's a safe space, so I don't have to necessarily deal with those other emotions, but it's also a way to make sure that people aren't, like, probing me about those other emotions right. or having or feeling like they have some type of control or some type of impact that you don't want them to have on you. So it is, it's a way to kind of put up that wall when you express anger in a certain manner. Um, and, and, and so it can, it can be a very negative thing as far as like, what are you using it for? Um, is it, is it to avoid and all those things? Um, which is not always negative, but you know, it can be, or it can be a very positive thing if you're able to express it in a, in an honest way and in a, in a healthy way of like, this is a genuine feeling. And, and like you said, if you can identify what was that, that root feeling that led to that anger, right? You hurt my feelings and that pisses me off. Like that right. happens. Right. Um, and, 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 and like you said, like what, what, what is that? What, if you're staying there, like, what is it that, that sense that is given to you? Like, right. you know, and a lot of times it's like what you said, it's like, don't even try to hurt me because look, yeah. I'm being bad. I'm going to like, you right. know, so, yeah. yeah. Well, oh, my goodness. Look at us. We're doing it right under 30 minutes. We're about to do our outro. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for watching. Follow us across social media. to stay in touch with us, Ebony. You can follow us across social media at Melanin and Mental Health, Melanin Health on Twitter. Um, check out melaninandmentalhealth.com. If you are a adult therapist, make sure you sign up for the directory. If you are looking for adult therapists, start there. Um, and also check out our previous podcast. We have a lot of um, information about mental health, about healing, about therapy. Um, so if you haven't listened to some of the previous ones, check them out. Um, we're definitely going to continue to inform the masses and try to make sure that people understand the, that therapy is dope, especially when you have adult therapists. Um, and I think that's all we got going on. Yeah, get the merchandise. You know, we got that merchandise that's spreads the news, you know, like to be able to promote um, mental health in a way that feels just yes. like stuff, right? Because that's right. one of the things. And so, all right. And remember, so- well, I just want to say this is the last week for Pride, so uh, Pride Month. So if you haven't bought your, um, what is it, therapy? There's three different ones. There's Proud Ally. Proud Ally. I could not think of it. Proud Ally. <laughs> Uh, proud therapist. I was like, dope ally? No, proud ally, proud therapist, the heart, all of those are up there. So make sure you go and check those out. Um, we'll be taking that down by the end of this month. So. Yep. All right. All right, well, thank you. Thank you.